Sean and Caitlin are on break this week, but while they're off, Dad's Daughters and Dollars is still on. Here's an encore of one of their most popular episodes. Enjoy. Welcome to Dad's Daughters and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter, clearly my dad's mistaken. Hello. Hello. Welcome Um, back, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, Bye-bye, Fang. Hello, Mama. What does that mean? Uh, That it's Meta now. Uh, Well, Facebook changed their name to Meta. So Fang used to be Facebook, Alphabet, uh, Amazon, uh, Apple, and Netflix. Alphabet? Well, Alphabet, which is um, Google. Oh. So that would be the G, right? So it, Then why go- didn't you Google's, just say Google? Well, it is Google, okay? But okay. their parent company is called Alphabet. Okay. So it's there's Google is like a subdivision of Alphabet, but it's it's Google. Wow, right? I didn't know anyone owned Google. That's weird. So what has changed not only is Facebook now being called Meta, so that would be the Ma, it's now uh Meta Alphabet, so it's being officially called that instead of really Google, although you'll see Google on your computer all the time. Uh, Microsoft, Amazon, and Apple, and Microsoft replaced Netflix. Oh, wow. Yes, and why? Four out of those five companies are worth over a trillion dollars. Microsoft is worth something like 900 billion, and Netflix is like, oh, 300 billion so they sort of oh. dropped them out of it. So the new five are um, Meta, Sorry, Alphabet, Microsoft, Amazon, and Apple. So as Jim Cramer was saying last Friday, bye-bye, Fang. Hello, Mama. Got it. All right. So what are we talking about today? Intellectual curiosity. I know in previous shows we've talked about that we believe you can – if you take a little bit of intellectual curiosity, take control of both your financial life, your consumer life, the way you spend and save, etc. And I'm here to now tell you what my intellectual curiosity and the people that I follow and that I suggest that you start to look into that will help you. Because I've always heard this saying, learners are earners. So the more you learn, the more you can protect both your finances and your consumer life, and everything that affects your future. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's, I only want to cover like two per show, and we'll do the intellectual, this will be intellectual curiosity part one. Okay. But I, there's, you know, a number of blogs, uh, podcasts, books, and, uh, you know, different types of YouTube channels that I follow. And if you could just do 10 minutes, three times a week, I think you will develop a financial philosophy and consumer philosophy. I kind of feel like I already have a philosophy though. Right. But for everybody out there, I want to make sure that you know of these people and you might go to some of their channels and say, it's not for me. But if we introduce 10 or so of these over a a period of time, I think you'll find, oh, I I really connect with that person. Okay. And the first person I'm going to talk about is Clark Howard. Clark Howard is a popular consumer expert, and he was a former host of the nationally syndicated show, The Clark Howard Show. 
and I'll link to his website. But he has a wealth of information on every subject, and it's not just money. It's every consumer thing possible. I subscribe to his newsletter. It's totally free, and like five days a week, you get something from him. And I'm going to give you an example of what I've received in probably the last two weeks to a month. Okay. So in this one, whatever, Monday newsletter, it was four ways to stop junk mail. So you would click on that article. Holiday shopping deadlines for UPS, uh, USPS, um, how to build credit, and the top six phone plans for international travel. So, so these, did you use that last one for Portugal or was this sent to you after you came back from Portugal? It was sent to me after. Got it. Um, so they have, and if you go to their website, which is at clark.com, and again, I will link to this. Um, there's an example at the top, which I, I find really interesting. Um, so the banners across the top are cell phones, your credit, credit cards, insurance, Invest and Retire, Streaming TV, Guides, Deals, Podcast, and Contact Us for Advice. So if I go under cell phones, you will see the best cell phone plans and deals, and they update these all the time. So if you're considering switching phone plans, you can go on this, and you have all the current information. Have you thought about switching at all? Uh, not quite yet, but I, I still want to investigate it. But like my life is incredibly busy, so that's... I haven't. All right. Uh, so the other thing they have on there, the best unlimited plans, the best AT&T plans uh, for each company. Um, they have coverage maps. You can click on the coverage map and it'll show you exactly what part of the country is covered by each plan and what is considered consumer-wise to be the best plan in terms of if this is the type of coverage you're looking for. Yeah, um, I could definitely have used that. I mean, I guess not for a phone plan, but I know a lot of phone plans are also sometimes connected to like your Wi-Fi plan. Um, it seems like they're trying to bundle them now. Um, and I definitely probably could have used that when trying to find my Wi-Fi service currently. Right. And then also under this is like easy ways to lower your cell phone bill. Just click on the article and read the article. How to stop robocalls for good. Um, and then it has reviews of every program like Cricket Wireless, Mint Mobile, Visible, Xfinity Mobile, Straight Talk Wireless, all these different, you know, independent companies. Under credit, it'll have like how to freeze your credit. What's a credit lock versus a credit freeze? How to get a free credit report. These are all things that are really important. And if you just like spent, you know, four to eight minutes, I think you can learn a whole bunch of stuff. Um, under credit cards, uh, best credit card sign-up bonuses, best rewards credit cards for both travel and various other things if you're doing it for shopping, etc. The best no annual fee credit cards. Um, then you have like Car Coward 7 credit card rules and stuff. Under insurance, what's the best and worst auto insurance companies? So when you're considering stuff like that. Um what else? The best place to buy term insurance, life insurance with no medical exam, stuff like that. Um, what was it? The, your rental insurance. I saw this the other day, right? So you bought... Uh, I bought from Lemonade. So let's go. It says best and worst renter's insurance companies. What was number one? Lemonade. Well, I... I think it also says USAA on well, there. Well, USAA, but. and they basically were ranked basically at the, at the top, you know. Uh, 
Yeah. Air. Now, I, I've seen commercials for lemonade. I think I had a couple of friends who did lemonade. I did some very brief research, not using Clark.com, but just my own. And it said that lemonade worked. And I put in kind of what I needed. And it was super simple. They're like, here's this. Like, we're not trying to make this complicated. You know, they'll send me like a receipt of, oh, this is what you signed. This is just basically for our records. You can keep them for your records too. Like all of their emails were really fantastic. Funny enough, I was actually trying to get extra insurance for my camera gear and um, they needed me to fill out extra information about it. Right. And so I haven't gotten around doing that yet. So you're like, okay, so for now we're actually, you're going to be paying less because you haven't given us that information yet. We're not going to be charging you if we don't have everything completed yet. So it's, it's actually kind of useful that I'm not like, you know, once I get around to it and it'll be insured, it'll be fine. I can add that on to my policy. But for now they were like, yeah, no, we don't want to nickel and dime you. Right. You're actually paying less now. And then when you have the time to put in the details of everything that you have, then, you know, you can add it and it'll be great. But I feel like most insurance companies are kind of sharks and they wouldn't necessarily look out for you like that. So. Right. Um, under streaming TV, it has the best streaming services, uh, best live, best video streaming. And then as reviews of like YouTube TV, Hulu, Sling, Philo, of Fubo TV, Direct TV Stream, Discovery Plus, Disney Plus, YouTube yeah, yeah, you TV versus Hulu. You don't need to list all of them. Although I am surprised that Roku is not up there. I guess Roku is a kind of TV, not a TV service. But if I'm going to get a TV, I was thinking of getting one that was Roku because they have... I feel like it just makes it easy to have all the different streaming services connected in one. So Netflix, right. you know, whatever else you have now can just be easily connected because I know we have troubles with our TV. But. And then under the streaming TV, it has like how to cut the cord forever, stuff like that. But what will happen is when, uh, let's say, Hulu TV raises their monthly amount or something like that, they will constantly update this. And they will say, what's the new amount and is it worth it compared to a different service or something like that? So they're constantly on the cutting edge of knowing they follow all this consumer information and they keep updating this from, you know, from time to time. Right. Uh, under guides, they have like for budgeting, buying a new car, buying a used car, how to get health insurance, identity theft. These are all things that are worth just clicking on and going through and reading one or two of the articles and just educating yourself. And what I did is I started a financial journal and I, as I would learn something, I would write it down because I don't know if six years from now, I'm going to forget what I learned about annuities or something that I might use someday in the future. So every once in a while, if I was panning through that, I was like, wow, I didn't remember this from four years ago. It's interesting. There's also definitely proof that they, uh, have updated it because under guides, the last thing is work from home. And I'm assuming that that was probably something that was added pretty recently because of the pandemic. Most everyone has transitioned at some point to working from home if they could. Uh, and that job, uh, you know, I guess some people are still doing it. I think a lot of jobs are trying to offer working remotely uh, if if it's just kind of a job on the computer. So Right. Uh, under deals, they'll have like Clark's deals, travel deals, um, free and cheap list, uh, senior discounts, and student discounts. So you can click on those and go, or like, for instance, here's the best places to buy eyeglasses. So, you, you know, say best places to buy trees? Tire, no, tires. Tires. Jeez. 
Um, need to they, get my prescription. He does have a podcast, and this is a thing I highly, highly recommend. There's a there's a pull down menu that says "Contact us for advice," right? So he has a free consumer action center. It's called Clark's Consumer Action Center, and you can call them. And their hours are like Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 4 Eastern time. And you can ask questions and say, I'm considering buying a used car. What do I need to know? And th- their consumer advocates will tell you wh- things you should know. And what's the latest law? Or let's say you say, I live in California. What do I need to know about renter's insurance? But it, it's great. You can just call them. And, you know, I don't know how quickly they answer or they return the call or you, you communicate by email or something. But I just think it's great that he's giving, there's three or four people that just are part of this action center. They're the team leaders, but they have over a hundred people who are volunteers to help you when you have a question about anything that involves your consumer life. It could be about money. It could be about, uh, can I afford this college type of thing in the long run or whatever, but it's really great. Yeah, I would definitely probably ask them about budgeting advice now that I have bills to pay. (laughs) Right. Hey, everyone. Just want to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. It's the app we use to get our podcast to you. Sean and Caitlin have really enjoyed their experience, and it's super easy to use. Certainly if Sean can use it, you can. We really think everyone should use Spotify for Podcasters. Start talking about your hobbies or your deepest, darkest secrets. Something. You won't regret it. They also have a free daily newsletter that I subscribe to and I highly recommend it. But just, you know, I will link to all this stuff. It's at Clark.com. And, um, you know, I will get what it will amount to each day, seven or eight articles. And there's no way I can get through all of them. But about three days a week, I'll click on one of them and go, I didn't know that. And that's kind of important and I should know that. What was something you learned from them recently? Um, it's probably about cell phone plans. And I didn't know how to compare them, but they, you just go to their site and it's right there. Like, you know, can I do better doing this plan? Or like what you got, your most bang for your buck kind of a comparison? Exactly. Mm. All right. Now the second one I want to talk about, I love these guys and they're a YouTube channel. It's Amon and Christina Browning and the name of their YouTube channel is called Our Rich Journey. These are two people I believe they met in college. Um they decided they wanted to retire by age 40, and, and they did. Wow. Uh, they were uh, government workers. Uh, he was a urban planner, and then they- Makes ha- me wonder how much that actually pays. It paid $97,000. Okay. And then she was a mom of two young kids, and when she was the mom of two young kids, she decided to go to law school. They were living in Spain, you oh, know, wow. doing their government jobs there or whatever. And she goes to UC, gets accepted in UCA Law School. He moves back to San Francisco, where they're, I think they were originally from, and he gets a job there, I believe, as an urban planner. And she stays at UCLA and raises the two kids in graduate housing while she's going to law school. That's intense. That's amazing, right? Yeah. And they decided- So, but what was her job after? She just became a lawyer? She became a lawyer, but I don't know that she practiced that long because they said, listen, we're going to try and save as much money as possible. And when I think she, uh, she graduated from law school, I think they eventually, she moved up to San Francisco with him and they started uh, sort of flipping houses. Like they would look on YouTube and they'd f- figure out how to fix up, 
fix up a kitchen. They would buy a house for as little as they could. They'd fix up the kitchen, they'd turn around and sell it. But they would live in the house while they were repairing it. And he did it three times and they made $400,000. Oh, wow. That's a good chunk of change. Exactly. And then they decided to keep doing stuff like that. And by age 40, they retired. They now live in Portugal. Wow. What are the chances? What are the chances that I just came back from Portugal? One of the reasons I wanted to go there is because I don't know if they've been living there a year or six months exactly. Um, But all the things that they sort of showed on their videos about what it's like to live in Portugal, what healthcare is like, what transportation's like, what neighborhoods are like. What is healthcare like? I feel like that's a it's I believe for the huge flaw in our system. I don't know exactly, but I believe you go over there. I believe it's 100% covered except for tiny things. It's Europe. It, that checks out. Um, but so do they live in Lisbon or somewhere else in Portugal? I don't know the exact city, but I know they just did a YouTube thing about five great neighborhoods to live in Lisbon. And they sort of implied they live in Lisbon, but I think it's more in the country. Got it. Um, and then yeah, because obviously there's stuff that's outside and, of And Lisbon. oh, by the way, what do you think they did? They bought a house that's like on an acre of land. The water is free, like the water that comes to do your lawn and all that. That's 100% free. Wow. Right? And, of course, what they do? They fixed up that house to live in, and then they bought another house to rent out. Oh, smart. So they still have income coming in. Yeah, but they, I think they retired at 40 with $2 million. That's not bad. And it's because they got real serious about saving and investing and, you know, they're big on index funds also. But they just saved and invest constantly. I just watched a video this morning of them that I was really impressed with. Um, it was about how they have gotten wealthy in November, December, and January. And I'm like, those three months? What about the rest of the year? Like of 2020, 2021? No, of every year. Oh, okay. And what their first thing was, that's in general when they buy real estate. Because the foot traffic of people going to look at real estate of houses that are available is not as high, so it's not as competitive, so they can get the price of the house for less because people are out maybe Christmas shopping, holiday shopping. Yeah, you're not going to buy a house during the holidays kind of a thing. And they do. Oh. And they get good deals. That's really interesting. Right? So, but just that, oh, you just said, I wouldn't have known that either, but it makes sense when you think about it, right? Well, okay, so trying to think about this you remember i think i don't know if we discussed it on the show before but you guys bought the house that you're still living in and that was the first house you ever bought and it's house you're still in you were at the time considering you know that this maybe would just be your first home and depending on how life came at you you know depending on kids whatever that maybe you'd want to move into a different one it's always in the cards um and i remember you telling me one time that you were thinking about it but then mom was pregnant do you remember what time of the year that was that we bought the house? No, no, no. That you were thinking about getting another house. Uh, I know. Yes. I just, I only say this because that for context. Like early mom, November. Early November. So my mom at the time, I thought she was pregnant yes. with me. So, and I was going to be born about Late January, two and a half months later. Yeah. Um, so that's. You didn't want to put that undue stress on mom, which well, is probably a good idea. Well, the undue stress is part of you're negotiating with someone. now. Yeah, and then escrow I, and closing what, and the costs, and you're having a child. The it's, house it's that we didn't buy, because we had only lived in this two or three years, and I'm like, I did not want to give this house up because I knew I could rent it and would pay at least two-thirds of my mortgage at the other place. Right. 
But I had to find a renter. I had to negotiate to buy this house. And that house now is probably worth $1.4 million. Yeah. And it has like two guest house in the back, so you could have rented those house too. It's an enormous piece of land. It's it's not quite an acre. It's probably three quarters of an acre. But so my point is that that was during November. So on top of all of the things you would have had to done or do, done, do, hypothetically, you also had a pregnant partner. Uh, a I had full-time work doing full-time like 70 work. hours a week. You had uh, still a house to like, take care of here. Correct. As well as, you know, probably wasn't on the forefront of your mind, but holidays. Your birthday's also in November. Right. Which, uh, happy birthday month. But that didn't matter to me. What mattered to me was... I'm allowed to say happy birthday to you. I know, but my point (laughs) is, did I want to put mom through the stress of like, oh, they want to offer this, they want to offer this, while she's trying to just like, you know, deliver a baby in two months and and as you get... Yeah, well, the third trimester is rough. Yeah, when you well, get when is, you but. get down to those last couple of months, you're feeling uncomfortable and maybe you don't sleep so great. So I, I'm going to be going. Oh, uh, I have to finish this about work, but let's we got to drive over to there right now because we have to look at this and the lady's going to talk to us and all. Yeah. It was just to me, it didn't make sense. Now, probably if I was honest, the problem would have been I should have probably sold this house. I would probably made a modest profit of like 50000 and just put it towards that house instead of trying to hold both houses. But I yeah. thought if I could do this, I would have had this house being paid and that somebody's building equity for me here. And I take that money and part of it would have paid my mortgage over there. And then my salary would have easily paid the rest of that mortgage and we could have saved money still. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think if that was an option now, if housing wasn't super expensive, that you would probably do it. Like, if you have a little bit more time on your hands, it would be something you could look into more. Also, now that, like, I'm a fully pretty much grown-up adult, I mean, we're still uh, transitioning into it, but, you know, there's, I guess there's less on your plate, but there's also more on your plate, because we also uh, have a dog now, but yeah. glad if we've mentioned that on the podcast. Well, and He's I'll perfect. also mention in terms of not buying that other house was... um mom was no longer going to be working because she was going to have a baby and like stay at home for at least three years. So one salary was coming out of this. My job working in television was not as steady as like, oh, you work for Microsoft. So I couldn't necessarily rely on trying to carry two houses on one salary. Right. So that's why I didn't do it. Here's the other thing I learned on one of their uh, things. By the way, their YouTube channel has over hundreds of videos, and they're 10 to 12 minutes long. And some are about finances, and some are about housing, and some are how they fixed up things, and some are about insurance. But they're really smart, and they're clever. And these guys are now like 43 or something. I think they've been retired two or three years. And their YouTube channel, I'm sure, is making them money, and they have they have classes on their YouTube channel you could subscribe to like, oh, there's a $150 class and you get 20 hours worth of videos of on some subject or something. Right. But one of the things I learned, and I didn't know this, if you make over, I did not know this. I just literally learned this like in the last week. If you make over $34,000, your social security could be taxed up to 85% of the amount. Doesn't mean that 85% of your social security is is, you know, you're taxed at an 85% level. That's not true. Let's say you're in a 20% tax bracket. You're like, well, this is my social security. This is my retirement. But let's say you have self-employment money that 
brings you thirty thousand or thirty five thousand dollars a year. Once you go over thirty four k, they can say if your monthly amount was two thousand dollars from it, Social Security. You're you're saying a lot here, and I'm I'm trying to so keep up. Social Security. Let's say your monthly amount was, uh, let's make it easy, two thousand dollars. Eighty five percent of that is something like seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah. $1,700 could be taxed. Let's say you're in a 20, 25% tax bracket. $1,700 could be taxed 25%. And you're like, wait, I still have to live on this. Why are you taxing me? It's because if you have other income, and it could be I'm bringing in my stocks that I'm cashing in or something like that, and you cash in more than 34000 a year, that's outcome out income outside of Social Security. Okay. Your Social Security can be taxed up to 85% of the amount. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that. 85% of the amount can be taxed. Got it. Okay. Um, and I didn't know that because that will affect so your retirement, sincerely. Um, I know you've always said, though, that you don't rely on Social Security to yeah, live. Will. So that's good. And but I, I had other- no clue that that m- amount of it could be taxed. Got it. I thought, not that it was tax-free, but that for the most part... I was keeping the majority of that, and that might not be true. Well. I only learned that a week ago. Oh, so that's what this they taught you? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. And it was just a retirement video. They had five different things about how to take retirement money. So it was really interesting. And, I, you know, I highly recommend um, Our Rich Journey, and I will link to that. And I'll link they to a, sound really interesting. And I'll link to a couple of articles about them. And listen, they started on this journey probably when they were like 28 of like, I think, no, they're actually in their 30s. And they said, we'd give ourselves 10 years to try and be financially independent. And they did it in eight. And Well, if you're determined, you can do it. Yeah, they're just, they're very smart. They're very clever, but they're all self-taught. So if there's anything you're learning from this episode about intellectual curiosity, you do a little bit of reading. We'll introduce you to more of these people that I really, you know, get a lot from. And hopefully some of them click with you and it'll help you along your journey, whether it's on in a consumer point of view or a financial point of view. But I think it'll give you choices. I, I've always said to my daughter, you know, I, I don't want you to necessarily be rich because rich is like a cool thing. No, I want you to be financially independent so you have choices. And you can, you know, decide to leave a job that you're not happy with or you can take three years off to have a child, whatever Choices it is. Choices are good, yeah. Choices are always good. So that's what this episode's about. And I, I want to thank all of you for coming aboard. And Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope you guys learned something. And I believe you did. Yeah, I certainly did. Um, but we will see you on the next one. Please subscribe. Thank you. <laughs> all right, bye. Thank you very much. The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.